Blog Talk Radio. with each other, what 
is a, a relationship, that it's meeting mutual needs, but it's also a way of building a strong bond between a family. And what happens is you're seeing so many kids today that come from broken marriages that they really just don't know what a real healthy relationship is. And they don't know how to take those and have a healthy relationship themselves. Waking up to reality. Many are stating that as a collective, we are being called to awaken more, becoming more conscious of our relationships. Whether you're single or in a relationship, you'll benefit from learning more about a conscious relationship. It means you're aware of who you are. Journey into a new paradigm for relationships and remember, it is but a journey. There is no grand finale distinction. Being conscious means that you stay aware to present in the moment. You're connected at a deeper level. Now, why we need to work, wake up to reality in a relationship? Well, for one thing, a relationship takes work. And there's going to be ups and downs in a relationship. Understanding that, knowing what brought you get together to begin with and how meaningful that that was to you at that time. Now, remember, who you are in your 20s and what you're looking for in a relationship in your 20s is very different than the kind of relationship you want in your 30s or your 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond. So that what happens is when two people come together, if they're moving at the same pace in their relationship, the relationship is going to work. But if one person moves at a different pace than the other, then there's going to be problems in that relationship. Understanding that, understanding what a healthy relationship is and how to have a healthy relationship is so important. So here are some things that to cultivate as a conscious relationship. Conscious communication. A conscious relationship requires honest and open communication when engaging with another person, especially during conflict or contrast. Can, can you be present and aware during the conflict of, or contrast? Can you be present and aware of the dynamics of a deeper level instead of judging? Can you hear them with your spiritual ears? Can you see them with your spiritual eyes? If you care, your spirit, if you, if you can, you'll be able to watch your relationships flourish with personal and spiritual growth occurring regularly. You may wonder how you can stay in the moment 
when your partner is accusing you of being mean. And maybe he's cranky. Maybe she's PMSing or projecting her wounds onto you. Maybe his inner child is afraid you will abandon him. Well, it may help you to remember that most of the times when you encounter conflict in any relationship, friendship, or intimate, only about 10% of that contrast has anything to do with the presence. The other 90% has something to do with unresolved trauma or wounds from the past. Yes, unhealthy trauma can kick our butt if we let it. What happens in the home when you're a child growing up? If you come from a home where there was a lot of verbal, physical, emotional abuse, then what's going to happen is you're going to take that into the new relationship. Either you're going to be the abuser or you're going to be the victim in that relationship because somehow in your mind you have allowed yourself to accept that that's the kind of relationship you should have. The problem is that eventually you get tired of being the victim. And what happens is, I've seen this so many times, is they don't want to be the victim in that relationship, and they end that relationship, and then what happens? They choose someone else who's literally treating them exactly the same way they were treated in the last relationship. Therefore, it's important if you are being made the victim in an unhealthy relationship that you seek help and counseling. Because you need to understand where you're coming from and how past relationships and past traumas are causing you to, to be where you are. Because what you've done is you've put limiting beliefs on yourself that this is the you can do. And I can remember many a times my mother often saying how her mother should have been sterilized because of what happened in that home. And yet, I saw her repeating the exact behaviors in her own home. And yet, she, and she couldn't see it and was very negative, was constantly doing exactly what her mother did, which was downplaying and, being, and, and finding fault with everything her children did and, and, be, and, and, and always criticizing them every step of the way. And I even see it in my younger sister, which she's exactly doing what my mother did. And why is that? Because whenever there was conflict between the sisters, she always got away with whatever she did because, oh, it just couldn't possibly be her fault. And I can tell you this. I was recently answered and 
and written up in an article where I talk about a toxic sibling. And about 13 years ago, I was visiting my mother with my sister. And so it was all four of us in the house. And I, because I have a disability, I can't get on the floor to sleep. And, and all my older sister had was a trundle bed to sleep in. So they decided to get her another mattress. And because the, the beds were on sale, they got her the box spring and the rails as well. And she slept on that bed. When we got ready to leave, my younger sister put the mattress on top of the trundle bed because that's what she wanted her to sleep in. And my sister wanted to sleep in the bed she paid for. So what happened? She's holding the mattress, and my other sister's pushing her against the rails of the trundle bed. And why did she want her to sleep in a trundle bed instead of a regular bed? Or even why a twin bed for a woman that's in her 40s? Why not a double bed? Why not a queen-size bed? Well, here's the reason why. When we were young, we had a two-bedroom house. Originally, when my parents were going to build the home, it was supposed to be a three-bedroom home. Someone said to my mother, oh, you're going to have a three-bedroom home. Well, now when your brother-in-law gets out of the military, he can live with you. Well, because she didn't want him living with her, she made it a two, she cut it down to a two-bedroom home. Well, the thing is, all she had to say was, I have two children. They each get their own room. So, because when she came along, there was no room to get another twin bed in there, they bought her a day bed. And because she didn't have her own bed to sleep in, she didn't want her sister to have a bed to sleep in. And that was wrong. The thing is, my mother did not stop her or call the police for her to her for doing what she did to my sister. But six months later, when I was staying with my mother and because she creates a toxic home life, I started falling into old behaviors. Well, then she went and sat in her sister's house and went to the courts to try to claim that I, I was elderly abused, that I was abusing her forgetting the abuse that she heaped on me for years, for years. And thing is, because they never quite, I never answered the door to them and they never served me the papers, what happens? She comes back and she, and everything, but she's just a negative person. And I always told her, just remember what you give because that's what you're getting back. And I used to also tell her, well, why don't you just die? You'd solve everyone's problem. Well, you know what? She passed away two days before my birthday, and we buried her on my birthday. And the only time I cried tears was when they actually put her in the ground, only because we would never make peace with each other. But I knew many a times, I tried talking to her. I tried, I tried, but she was always going to hear 
what she wanted to hear. She was always going to interpret things the way she wanted to interpret it, and there was no way getting around it. And the only reason my parents' marriage worked was because my mother wanted financial security that she got with my father because he owned his own business, and he needed someone to be a hostess when he gave dinner parties, and she fit the bill. Neither of them married based on love, and neither of them were looking for love. Well, the thing is, what, what kind of role models were they for their children? That it's understandable that none of their children ever got married. And it's not only in that home, but many of my mother's brothers and sisters, and even on my father's side, there were very few that actually got married. And of those that got married on my mother's side, almost every one of them ended up divorced. Now, it may help you to remember that most of the times when you encounter conflict in any relationship, friendship, or intimate, only about 10% of that contrast has anything to do with the present. The other 90% has something to do with unresolved trauma or wounds from the past. Yes, unhealed trauma can kick our butt if we let it. Cultivating intimacy. Intimate relationships without intimacy tend to go south quickly. Sure, the beginning of a relationship is usually marked with lots of intense emotion, passion, and sometimes even lust. However, as time goes by, some of that dwindles. The love, chemicals, flame, and if you're not willing to cultivate the real deal, deep intimacy, chances are your relationship will be dull and maybe even lifeless. To cultivate intimacy, you'll need to embrace authenticity and vulnerability. Get real and wrong. This requires you to be awake and living in the present moment. This means putting it all out there on the table. No eyes, no masks, just being you. Flaws, past, unhealed wounds, and all. I had a friend come to me <laughs> in tears recently. A wreck due to her partner lying to her about something pretty serious. In her venting session, she got pretty real and raw with herself, stating that she wasn't in love, she was living a facade, and she was very tired of it. Her soul was essentially dying in a relationship plagued by ego, ego, and more ego. End of the day, she went back to her partner and swept it under the rug once again. 
I love her unconditionally, for sure, as there is no judgment on my part. I do know that she will face more of the same contracts in the relationship down the road because when you sweep things under the carpet and do not allow your real self to be present in life, it comes back to bite you later. Yet, the biting doesn't have to be viewed negatively. It can be a springboard to healing and growth. I mean, relationships are an opportunity to heal and grow. Now, how many of you have had relationships where things have not always worked out? What to cultivate deep intimacy, see others without judgment, see all of them, and pour out your love all over again. After all, we all want to be discovered, explored, and adored fully. Presence. How to be present in a relationship. To be present in a relationship means to be in it without judgments, without expectations. You want to be with them and get To know that, right? So, what do you want to do? You want to get to know them. You want to listen to them. And you want to hold a sacred and safe space for them to judge, be flawed, and all. Listening and the importance of listening in a relationship. If you're having a conversation and all you are doing is thinking about what you can say next, or about other things. You're not consciously listening. You can really hold a space to listen intently to your partner, even when she is complaining, hurt, angry, and irrational. And this is what's called active listening. Make a commitment to yourself. We all talk a lot about making commitments to each other in a relationship, and that's fine. And what about a commitment to yourself? Also, first, can you commit to being conscious in your own life? Are you awake? Are you paying attention to the present moments and seeking opportunities for your growth, as opposed to blaming, playing the victim, ignoring, numbing, running. Conscious self-care is important. If you're not consciously taking care of you, you'll be subpar. When it comes to flourishing in a conscious relationship, how are you doing when it comes to self-love, do you love yourself? Do you honor yourself? Are you aware of your own needs and wants? If so, you can provide the majority of these on your own. 
This is so important because to have a healthy relationship with someone, you really have to know who you are and what your personality is and how you can have a healthy relationship with someone when your needs are being met. A solid, intimate connection is influenced when you have a solid commitment to yourself. It makes for a firm foundation. You heard things like, he completes me, indicating that a half person and another half person make up the whole. Conscious relationships are two whole persons coming together for an interdependent relationship. Both add to each other but are not necessarily dependent upon each other healthy way. And the last thing I'm going to say about this is that my older sister was was very was only born deaf. Deaf people had a lot more opportunities than someone with a physical disability like I have where it's more obvious and visible. And my family never learned to use sign language with her, never showed her that they accepted her for who she was. And her personality was to be very introverted. Therefore, whenever she was criticized, she constantly internalized it to the point that now she's just waiting to die. And it's so sad to see because she, she's just such a lost soul that she is never, because she's never learned to take care of herself, never had to think for herself, never had any goals, that now she's so lost because she just doesn't know what to do. And what she's actually doing and how she's treating people around her is what she saw my mother do for years, and she doesn't even understand what she's really doing. That's the sad part. Allowing space to heal. If you're in a conscious relationship, understanding that your partner is your greatest asset to healing old unresolved trauma or wounds that will help your relationship tremendously. Let's face it, we all have some unresolved wounds from the past. We all deal with things like the fear of abandonment, rejection, shame, and other negative feelings, and these certainly surface when we're in a relationship. Yes, triggers occur for sure, no matter how much ease and flow you want to occur in your relationship. This is why it is so important to be present and conscious with each other. Remember that tough emotions may be in your wounded inner child seeking unconditional love so they can feel safe and get free. It's a time for both of you own our stuff.
as many say, keeping your own side of the street clean. Conscious relationships allow you a venue to radiate and practice authentic Well, let's say this again. Conscious relationships allow you a venue to radiate and practice authentic love. Do you always feel like loving your own partner? How about when they are acting irrational, grouchy, or when they go through a period of depression? Do we offer them love or judgment? You can practice unconditional love in a conscious relationship. And remember, you can go to my website, and that's the number one, personalcareercoach.com, and you can get or you can join my membership site, askdavidashinsky.com and take some courses on improving your personal relationships. 